everyone and welcome back to Cleveland Me episode 11. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners once again as always but we want to get right to the point. We're bringing a guest on today. He's actually a writer for ONTAP Sportsnet, podcaster on fantasy H. Rontab, and it seems like from his Twitter feed alone he's a Bears fan, a Bulls, the White Sox, that's what they write for, fantasy football, AEW, WWE. So I don't want to talk too much because he's a little new to me as well. So, hey, Aaron, it's glad to have you on. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Thanks, guys, for having me. Um, yeah, so over at On Tap, yep, over at On Tap, I, uh, you know, I write about fantasy. I'll write a little bit about wrestling no matter what. Um, I'll cover some Bears stuff nowadays, but not as much anymore. Um, we got plenty of people doing that. We got great content over there on all, all things Chicago sports all things fantasy. Um, and I cover as much wrestling as I can. Um, I love the sport. That's a, you know, when you talk about sports in general, that's where my love for sports first started was in pro wrestling. Um, you know, I tell a lot of people I'm, I'm 30 years old. Um, I may not totally remember watching it, but I know for a fact I was watching it around six years old, seven years old, um, my memories really came in probably around eight for it, but you know, I have two older brothers that watch when we were younger. They don't watch as much anymore. Obviously a lot of people grow out of it. Some come back to it, but yep. you know, typical for me is like I said, I've been watching for 20 plus years. I'd say around 24, but you know, it, for a lot of people too, is my love for it. You know, it grew, it grew, it grew. And then that, you know, around that 2000, 10 ish, five ish range, kind of those ranges. I fell off a little bit, uh, kind of near, you know, near my end of high school and stuff. I still knew all about it, but a lot of people say, you know, that's kind of where stuff died off for them. But over the last few years as well, it's, uh, it's really come back for me. Um, I watch it a lot with, you know, friends when we can, um, you know, somebody you guys know in uh, Juice. Yep. Kyle, whoever yes, you would like to call him. Um, I've known <laughs> Kyle for several years. Uh, we got another buddy, Brad, that we all watch it. We just watched recently this last weekend. We watched the AEW pay-per-view. So, you know, I've been watching for a long time. So know the ins and outs, been to a lot of shows, enjoy a lot of shows. Uh, I like to say, cause it's a little bit of a, you know, feather in the cap kind of type thing. I've, I've gone to two WrestleManias. So uh, I know a I've lot been of to people... one myself. Did you go to the one in New York? No, I did not. I okay. went to the Chicago one. Oh, and wow. I, and I went to the Detroit one. The so, Chicago was at Allstate, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, man, so, that's crazy to me that they had a mania at Allstate Arena. Yeah, and they'll never do it again because that place is way too small, no, um, yeah. especially with you know how they do things nowadays. They always try to get a hundred thousand people, and I don't know the next time we'll ever see one in Chicago until they build a new stadium of some sort or do something, but. Yeah, I, you know, that's one thing that I always like to say is, you know, it's been enjoyable to, you know, go to two of those, 
several raws. I've also been to, I also say it too, as I went to uh, all in when that was announced uh, two years ago and I was at revolution um, this beginning of this year, which was a great show. So, you know, a lot of good times, you know, it's the one thing I like to say is a lot of good times to meet a lot of people and have a lot of fun with those. And it's kind of funny you bring up, we're kind of similar in that respect there of, um, before I'm about to bring Cleveland in here, but, uh, you know, for, I would say at the end of high, going into high school through college for me, I, like you said, I kept tabs and everything, but that's when, right when the Cena era, in the middle of the Cena era is when I kind of, um, like checked out, even though Cena is my guy, but, uh, then I came back later and the last few years it's, it, it came back to me and it grew and it's, uh, it's funny. It became a passion again. I wouldn't say it never wasn't one, but it definitely grew um, a lot more recently. Yeah. And I can definitely agree. I mean, I know, like I said, I know a lot of people, I grew up with a couple people too, that we watch it all the time as kids. I don't know what they do now, if they watch or not, I don't talk to them anymore, but you know, it's something like you said, it never went away for me. So I always knew what was going on. It's just that it was the product that was, out then and that you know at that time where it was so stale where i think it drew a lot of people out um but at the same time like i said it came back it's it is there for me and it'll never it'll be something that that never goes away and the day i have kids i can't wait to oh yes to to be able to raise a kid and be like all right you're watching this with me you know and and show them the ins and outs and the ropes as you would call it in that and, you know, it's funny you say that because I see a lot of people with their uh, babies right now who I'm friends with. They're showing the Masters. I'll be showing them Monday Night Raw. Maybe oh, a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be showing them everything I can. And same thing with just in sports in general. Right, but, right. You know, th- that's, but that's something that I grew up on. You know, like yep. I said, I, I watch it with my brothers. I watch it with my dad. I still, the funniest part is I actually still fill my dad in from time to time. And he's like, oh, that, he's like, oh, they're still around. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, some of these guys still are. <laughs> it's uh, kind of unbelievable, and it's funny you say that too, because Cleveland, uh, his actually his grandma listens to this podcast, and she's an advantageous follower as well. And hey, Cleveland, uh, I know you're out there and over there. How we doing today? And uh, you ready for the show? Moving on, good. A little chilly today, but other than that, nice Sunday. I'm ready to get things going. Um, that was cool. You went to the one in Chicago and Detroit, actually. That's funny because I remember uh, the one in Chicago. That was the one with the Edge and Mick Foley match, one of the best hardcore matches I've ever seen in my life. So it was a really good pay-per-view. And you know what? It's uh, funny that, yeah, I remember uh, that one now. Yeah, I remember that one now because it was the uh, it was the table set up with Edge spearing him through the rope, yeah, uh, through the table. I remember that. Oh, it's kind of funny because even only lighting that small table on fire, damn, it was hot. <laughs> and I mean, I've hey, never. It's already hot I'm, in all state arena. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely it is. And you know it's it's funny too because even at both shows, I thought so. The Chicago one was before the Detroit one, and it's funny because I always knew Undertaker's entrance, obviously more elaborate at WrestleMania. You right. uh, very, very hot entrance too in Chicago. I was like, oh, don't worry about it. I go to Detroit. I'm there with my dad, uh, an old buddy and his dad. And we're like off in the corner in Narnia for crying out loud because that stadium was huge and new at the time. And Undertaker's entrance hits. And I'm like, 
oh yeah, we won't feel it. You know, you got the fire that comes up on the side and stuff and you're like, ah, we're too far away. All of a sudden you just hear boom, boom. And you're like, holy crap, it's hot over here. I'm like, I couldn't imagine sitting like, you know, on the rampway, like, holy crap, you're losing your eyebrows. It's so hot. (laughs) And it's, um, I'm actually pretty jealous of that because to this day I have still, even though they say it's a longest introduction in sports entertainment i'm disappointed i was never able to see the undertaker's performance yeah i've been to a couple raws a couple smackdowns um the wrestle i was supposed to go to wrestlemania in tampa bay but we all know due to covid concerns that isn't happening and as aaron mentioned it's kind of interesting right now because you know you got the wwe doing virtual you got aew bringing in a smaller fan base and when are we going to get back to the point of you know, having the big crowds probably, you know, after a vaccine and all that, and hopefully we can get back there. But uh, the crowd plays a big factor. And I think people saw that because it's hard when you don't have the people behind you supporting you, even if it's just virtual or the, the AEW where they bring in some of their cast and they bring in, uh, I think what, maybe close to a thousand fans. I want to say almost out. Yeah. Uh, uh, close to, I think in the beginning they were doing around six to 800. And then this last weekend at, um, at the pay-per-view they did around a thousand. So they're still, I think they're still tipping around 20% to 25% capacity where they're at. And I, I, I'm interested to see when you talk about fan bases and crowds and stuff, I'm interested to see, um, I think it's like a week or two into December WWE's contract at the Amway center is over. So I'm interested to see where they go. Are they going to scramble and just go back to the performance center are they going to find another venue? There was a little bit of talk for a while about coming up to Chicago. Um, okay. So, I mean, I did see that floating on the, the internet, but we'll see where they go. I think that one thing they do need to do, it, and I don't mean to knock the company because they've had some, some downturns with COVID going on, but right. I would like to see them get a little bit of a fan base going again with some real fans. Oh, definitely. And I mean, there's quite a few things and we're going to get to it today and we're going to talk about survivor series and a couple of things, but since you brought it up a couple of downturns, I was, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed obviously in Vince McMahon, it's easy to do these days being disappointed with him, but Selena Vega was just released the other day and I mean, there's a couple of reasons probably why I think the only fans and maybe the Twitch account, but mostly I'm trying to talk about Twitch here. I just think it's incredibly mind blowing how these stars don't get more freedom. And I know, you know, it's Cleveland. I want to get your opinion on this real quick. And then I, we'll get Aaron's right after this is a little off topic from where I wanted to go, but I was listening to the busted open XM radio the other day and they were talking about, how, you know, back in the day you had your Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, Rock, John Cena, where they could really kind of control what happens. And Vince McMahon, yeah, he was the top dog, but he didn't have full power over those guys. Of course, they get plenty of their input. Um, I guess Brock Lesnar a little bit with that too. But it really seems like these days Vince McMahon is trying to encompass full control of a company and not really have any one star be bigger than it now maybe we could sit here and argue that Roman Reigns could potentially be that uh character or you know I you could maybe a Randy Orton or something but for to me Vince McMahon is just really trying to staple he's getting worse in his age with all this control power and I think it's kind of unfortunate because you see in AEW the more freedoms that allow Cleveland do you think um 
what do you think about, you know, it seems, do you agree with me that Vince McMahon's trying to just get this full power and not really leave it up to the stars anymore? Or do you think I'm completely wrong on this uh, matter? Really, I've been reading a little bit about the ban and the third-party situation. I haven't really got full deep into it, but I know Vince was making, like, he didn't want people to record backstage. Um, basically, he didn't want people, like, see behind the scenes. And you made a good point, because I was actually reading this article where John Cena dad did mention that there isn't any transcendent superstars anymore. You know, there's not, like, a, a wrestler shooting there's not a wrestler that's above all the other wrestlers. They're like all on a, a playing field, you know, the same equal playing field. Like in the nineties, you had the rock, you had Austin, you had Undertaker, Triple H, Kane, Jericho, you had Kurt Angle, guys that were above the rest of the roster where you knew that these guys were better than the rest. And now it seems like everybody's just on a, there's like no, I don't want to say like, there's no big, big names, but there's no, there's nobody like John Cena around anymore, if that makes sense. And Aaron, I want to get your opinion and also talk a little bit AEW with that. Do you, do you agree? I mean, you're obviously, you watch, follow and watch a lot of AEW. Do you think AEW, you know, could capitalize kind of on that with the freedoms they give? I know the work schedule is a little lighter. Um, they don't make it as intense. Now there is no live shows for WWE right now. So that kind of crosses each other out. But do you think AEW is kind of taken you know, some of the failed lessons from what Vince McMahon does. And uh, that's why maybe people do like AEW more these days, quite honestly. You know, after listening to Cleveland for a minute there, I, I think one thing I'm taking away from what WWE is doing, and, and I get what they're trying to do in a sense. So I, I will give them a little bit of credit on the fact that they don't want to put these guys out there. They don't want to, like Cleveland said, they don't want to do some of the backstage stuff. WWE is more sports centric where you don't know because you know what it takes away from when you do these backstage things, it takes away from their product to 24 when, you know, they put on these specials and stuff. I get it. But at the same time, I say this a lot. I call Vince McMahon, the old out of touch or the out of touch old man, you know, and he really is in my eyes. And it, I hate saying that because he did so well for all these years that I used to watch, but at the same time, there should be no issue with these performers doing you know different things with twitch or cameo or TikTok or whatever they don't have live shows and the one reason i hate it and it actually pisses me off is a lot of these wrestlers get performance bonuses for for house shows they're not making that extra money now you're making your i don't know what it is they're making their simple contracts whatever it is they don't do house shows so they're trying to supplement with other things uh, you, you saw after Vega was released, you saw a lot of outpour from different wrestlers. Um, one to be named was Maria and uh, Mike, uh, you know, Canellis or Bennett, whatever one you want to call them. Technically yep. it's Bennett, but, uh, and I love them. I do. I, re- I really respect them. They're also Chicago people as well. Um, but the issue I have when they get mad is, was it a year or so ago? They were at the end of their contract and they re-upped. And I was like, there was your first mistake. Yep. Why did they re-up? I, I understand Maria came out and was like, well, we re-up because it, you know, secured my family. Well, but bet on yourself then. Your, your husband does that now. Bet on yourself and go back out into the world. You saw AEW was coming. Maybe you weren't going to make it there. You know, maybe there wasn't the interest, but you have so much out there. Right. Maybe they're glad now they didn't because 
COVID hit in the beginning of the year and, you know, it was a mess, but all, all he's the getting, releases. Yeah. And now he's, you know, working out on the Indies and building up his name again. But I think that's where Vince is wrong. I would allow my superstars to do that. Um, I think the biggest thing is he wants some money out of it. And I think that's really where it comes in. And I did see that somewhere was posted that uh, I think WWE is looking to hire a graphic designer to design Twitch pages for wrestlers. So you can totally, you can totally see, I think there's something coming for the company itself, but on the side of AEW, I think it benefits them because now, now fans can, truly learn more about some of these superstars you may not know um outside of obviously miro who was in wwe previously now some people get to learn a little more about maybe a a kip sabian or you know you know i don't know if penelope jumps on with them or not there's tons of wrestlers Mm -hmm. that you know jump on and they do live streams of among us together and you learn but yet again the products are different wwe wants to be more about the knit, you know, uh, sports, enter- not maybe not sports entertainment, more about the, what's the word I'm looking for? It would be more about like the soap opera style where yep, gotcha. they're worried about not seeing what's behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Whereas AEW is like, all right, full transparency. This is who this guy is on and off the screen. They're no different. Um, I've watched very little of Kip Sabian's like live streams and he's cool. It's fun to watch. You get a little bit more out of him and you're like, Oh, okay. He's not just this douchebag on air. He's this <laughs> douchebag on his Twitch page too. Like, you know, it's maybe not carrying the character. And I think that's where people get mad is because they're like, well, they built up these huge followings because, you know, they put in the work. Well, some of them built up the following because they are who they are, or yeah. it's off of an athlete. You could watch when COVID hit and sports died out for a little while, other than wrestling continuing on, you went and saw all these NBA players and all these other athletes. All right, we're open a Twitch page. And it's like, they open a Twitch page and all of a sudden they're at 50,000 followers. And you're like, man, I got a buddy that has been doing it since April and he's at like 180. And I'm like, that's not fair. The dude puts in four hours a night to try and, you know, get a following and these NBA players just, all right, here's 50,000, here's 100,000, and it's like, come on. They're like, taken away from us. Yeah, and, you know, but like I said, it's it doesn't bother me either which way in the end because both are doing it for certain reasons, but I do still think in the end Vince is missing a key market, and I think if you were to try and spin it some way, then it would be better for their company. Oh, and definitely, and – you know, like you said, Vince wants money. That's the shocking news, breaking news. Vince McMahon is all worried about his damn pockets. But, you know, we could go down forever about, uh, and I do love talking about the AEW versus WWE, and clearly they kind of handle things their own ways and sometimes for better or for worse. But I do want to, you know, move on a little bit and talk about uh, Survivor Series uh, really quickly, though, just to make sure. First off, as we said, he – our guy Aaron is from on tap sports and I give it a chance. You can follow him on Twitter at premier amp. Um, you can see him in the Cleveland me feed the last couple of tweets and uh, give their whole show uh, a shout out. Give Kyle Machowski a juice as they call him. Juice. Yep. Juice juice. So uh, give him one and he'll also be on the show too. And also we are a pr- proud member of the time skew podcast network. They are fantasy football based. Actually, as we speak, my brother and his partner, are doing fantasy football live from 10 to 11. So if you want to check them out, 
go to TSPN pod and um, they have a good following there and you can find all of our podcasts, including Cleveland me and at TSPN underscore, but moving on, as I said, survivor series is around the corner and we're going to, we're going to talk about the upcoming survivor series, but you know, off the top of my head, I just want to get your guys favorite survivor series moment. uh, One that you can think of. It could be any time period, of course, or anything, or just something that stuck out. And, for me, it was last year, actually, and I know that probably sounds dumb to say, but I actually went to um, Survivor Series last year, and I just thought it was really cool how they included NXT. Um, I think it needed a little new life. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit of a downer on Survivor Series, and I hate to say that because obviously you all know I'm a WWE guy, but I don't know. The brand versus brand, I think, has kind of lost its touch. Um, SmackDown and Raw, I feel like back in the day, you know, you used to be like, man, like I'll watch all the shows, but this is my roster. I'm a SmackDown guy. I'm a Raw guy. I just feel like that touch has been lost in Cleveland. One, I guess, obviously I want to get your moment, but do you think Survivor Series has lost touch? Yeah, I agree. I agree with the brand supremacy thing. I think it is stupid after a while because they are, it's like, they start feuding around November, like Raw and SmackDown. They've been cool all year long. Then November gets here, and these guys are just all into it. So I I like it better when it just used to be like 2003 and four. Well, it'll just be like all right, two guys feud, and they'll just put their own team together on the same brand, and they'll just go at it. And then speaking of my favorite Survivor Series moment would have to be the 2002 Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden. The first Elimination Chamber match ever with Chris Jericho, Booker T, RVD, Kane, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H for the world title. That was a hell of a match. Um, Shawn Michaels ended up coming out on top after being gone for four years, come back and win this big match. And uh, Brock Lesnar and Big Show also had a solid match. Paul Heyman turns on Brock Lesnar and Big Show wins the title. So I think... 2002 was a very great Survivor Series pay-per-view. A blast from the past. And Aaron, moving on to you with the same couple of questions. Uh, Give us a Survivor Series moment, and do you follow the same page of thinking Survivor Series, unfortunately, has lost some touch in the last couple of years? You know, I would would agree in that. Um, Obviously, I think last year was a very interesting time. I think I would mark that down probably as mine uh, over the last several years, just due to the fact that it meant a little bit more in a way it didn't, it still didn't mean enough, but it was nice to have NXT involved because you didn't know what was going to happen from every turn. I think last year was also, that was the, that was the coming out party big time. Or was that two years ago with Becky um, when she broke her nose? When she no, was last year. You're correct. Was that last year? Okay. Yeah. That was like such a huge moment um, for her that really put everything back on the map for her. I just think that, as of the last, I would say, what, probably five, six years, it doesn't mean as much anymore because it's like, oh, it's SmackDown versus Raw. Oh, wait, here's NXT. It was cool to have that last yeah. year. But then now we don't have NXT this year. Why don't we have NXT? And they like, won. Yeah. Like, so, like, now, what's the point? It, like, a you, week goes by and it's over. Yeah, and now it, then you look at it and you're like, all right, so now this year you literally just had a draft for – three, four weeks ago 
the team Raw is made up of what was previously SmackDown wrestlers, pretty much. <laughs> That's and such now, a good point. It's like I'm sitting here going, what's the point of winning? All right, so we have no point to who wins. Half the team's feuding with each other on Raw. We have it, – it, it, none of it makes sense. And then I know they delayed the draft this last year because of COVID and stuff like that, and they were like, all right, we're just going to hold on. I wouldn't have even done it. I would have saved it. If I was WWE, you know what I would have done? I would have said, all right, here's how we do this. Winner of Survivor Series gets whatever uh, amount of picks or, or gets this or that. Ah. Or you made it a point. You could have waited for the draft another month. Nobody gave two, two flying rats tails on this. When they do the draft too, not to cut you off, it's like we already seen a couple characters switching shows. It just it drives me freaking crazy that they oh, can't yeah. keep it straight. Yeah. Oh, all right. So we have uh, Seth Rollins go to SmackDown. Yay, he's away from the Mysterio family. Five picks later. Mysterios <laughs> are on SmackDown. Feud still continues for another three months. You know, uh, <sighs> supposedly it's over. We'll see. But We can only hope. Yeah. So when it comes to what it is nowadays, I, I mean, it's lost its touch. It, what's the point of these guys fighting? It was nice to actually see, you know, Drew come out for SmackDown. But at the same time, I'm like, you're telling me I get to watch Drew versus Jay. Okay, why didn't why didn't Roman go run to Raw this last week and beat up Drew? Because he's what? Because he's got issues with Randy and, and the Fiend right now? Come on. You're not building in the proper way where people are showing up. And I could be wrong. Next week, everybody could just rush the stage and it could be a different story. We all know you're there. You're all at the same center. <laughs> what are you trying to what are you trying to trick me on? Come on. I mean there's like three or four days involved. I'm sure most of you either are close or yep. live within the Orlando area. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's get build it up. You know, you've got the only buildup that I'm really seeing, like with the women's team, is the fact that, you know, Nia Jax continues constantly for seven or eight weeks now to throw Lana through a table. All right, cool. So we know what's going to happen in that match. I won't spoil it for anyone. Lana's the sole survivor. Yeah, but, I agree. <laughs> you know, so it's like, and then. On SmackDown, unfortunately, you had Chelsea Green debut this week again, and then she snaps her wrist in half, and now, cool for Liv. Liv gets to be on the Survivor Series team, but guess what? She's probably going to be the first one eliminated now. Yep. But I, I, and can, I, I, I Jack off stop her, can I Jack stop hurting people, by the way, too? She just hurt now Mandy Rose. It's just getting ridiculous, that lady. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't disagree. But, I mean, maybe we'll get proven wrong. Maybe at the last minute they'll decide it means something – I don't know. I don't know what you make it mean, but that's what I'm saying. It would have been better to hold the draft after, I think. And and before we get to your top Survivor Series moments, um, a couple of things I wanted to key on what you said there is you make a great point about like the meaning of it. I I was about to mention, it's like you get to Survivor Series, you could have a killer pay-per-view and then a week later, they don't, it's like sometimes WWE is a pay-per-view and they just love it behind. It's like, okay, it's like, well, what was the point of a Raw win? What was the true point of an NXT win? First off, in reality, if you were going to have NXT on just for one year, you probably shouldn't have made them beat Raw and SmackDown up and down the floor because it makes your main rosters look worse. And then I love the idea um, of what you said on the draft picks. It, give them something because the draft, they try to make it like the NFL, and it's just it, it's cringeworthy, to be honest with you, sometimes. So, you know, if you – hey, you know what, Team Raw, you're going to be able to make – 
the pick top five picks of your choice first if you win or vice versa but you bring up a great point there uh you got a survivor series moment for us that you want to share um for me you know I, I do really like last year um 99 you look back at that with the hardys and edge and christian and and that teaming um you know i I don't know. I would almost dial it back to, you know, I would just say kind of stuff like that. It doesn't always have to be team raw versus team SmackDown. It was always fun to see just these odd teams get paired up and just all that type of stuff. But, you know, for me back looking at 99 would be something because I grew up and that's where my love really oh, yeah. a deep place in my heart is tag team wrestling with your teams of, you know, Edge and Christian, the Hardys, Dudley's, stuff like that. So yep. I would say 99 with that. And, you know, we're in Survivor Series mode. And after that, obviously, of course, we're going to start hitting the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Um, talking a little bit more about this Survivor Series, um, I don't get uh, me and Cleveland talks last week. And Cleve, we're going to move on a little bit to Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. We, t- we thought Hell in a Cell would be the last time we saw this. Why are we seeing a ra- round four tomorrow? And what percentage would you put on it of Drew McIntyre winning? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I was going to put it at 0%, but I'm going to put it at 5 or 10 because I do think it was a little weird how he went to SmackDown. But uh, what are your thoughts on that whole thing going on with this championship match again tomorrow? I think, um, well, Drew, when he lost the title, was technically guaranteed a rematch. <clears throat> I remember that used to be a thing where a champion lose and they'll get a rematch. So this is his guaranteed rematch from losing the title. Um, I don't think I'll go 10% only because I don't see the purpose of WWE making Randy Orton go over at Hell in a Cell and then just to lose it two weeks later. I do think The Fiend will make an appearance in the match. Also, maybe Miz and Morrison, you know, the Miz has been lurking in the background with the Money in the Bank briefcase. So, I am I think Randy Orton may retain, but don't be surprised if you see a lot of nonsense going on in the match. And that's a good point you bring up with The Fiend, because uh, one storyline I am loving, and we'll bring Aaron into this topic in a moment, I love the Alexa Bliss addition to the Firefly Funhouse. Not only do I think she's absolutely beautiful. And then, hey, actually, shout out to her. She just got engaged yesterday, actually. Um, she used to, I thought she was dating Buddy Murphy, and all of a sudden she's engaged again. So that's where my – I don't follow the relationships close enough there. But uh, I love that storyline, and I do hope they bring the Fiend into this picture. Now, I think they need to do it slowly because you, even though Randy Orton probably his championship was more for to add another, you know, number onto the total titles he has. But – I don't think you want to, you know, kill him slowly. I think this Fiend-Randy Orton rivalry um, should start building tomorrow. And then, like you said, have Ms. Lurk in the background. Aaron, my question to you, a little bit different than his. Um, do you see Randy Orton being a longtime champion on Raw, or do you see this being short-lived? I know exactly where the story's going. Um, <laughs> Tell us. Honestly, you know, it's very simple in my eyes. So, you know, what did we have last year or this year? At WrestleMania, you had Edge versus Randy, right? Yep. Uh, Edge is due back sometime around that Rumble time. So, spoiler alert, pulling a Paul Heyman here. Edge returns <laughs> at Rumble, uh, wins the Rumble, goes on to face Randy at WrestleMania for the title. Um, Edge will win, get cashed in on by Miz. Oh. And, there's your, and there's your story. Um, 
They are booking themselves into a corner again, though, and I'm sorry I divert. They're booking themselves into a corner again with The Fiend and Randy. I would love to see that story because if there is anything truly in Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend's uh, timeline that really changed him, it was Randy Orton. Yep. And I think you're setting yourself up to fail right now because in my eyes, you don't need if, – if you have Edge coming back to win at the Rumble – fine that that's a great point but i don't think this edge and randy story needs the belt i also know for a fact just like last year the fiend and randy do not need the belts as well right so you're starting to book yourself in a corner and i don't think we get drew taking the belt back right now because of i don't think the matchup is beneficial for the company to have uh with drew and randy facing off or I mean, Drew and I'm sorry, Drew and uh, Roman. Uh, I think it hurts both superstars because you're not having Roman lose. Roman can't no. lose right now. He's on. He's he's the top of the mountain in the company right now, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Correct. So I do hate to say that I do think Randy holds onto the belt until WrestleMania, but they're booking themselves into a corner with this. And um, just a you know. Uh even though heads up for our listeners heads up, but it, we actually, uh, cause actually I've been a little, you know, cheap with the zoom. It says we're coming up. I'm running out of time. I'm actually going to send another invite just to get another 15 to 20 minutes out of these guys. Cause I have a few things I want to have left to cover, but with a few minutes we have on this feed left, I want to keep talking about survivor series. And it, interesting you bring that up because Cleveland, we always talk about obvious, like he said, Aaron said, we know edge and Randy Orton's coming. We know that whole thing's happening now. You don't need a lot of belts for these superstars. So, Aaron, I don't, you know, you're new to the show. You're going to obviously uh, listen, give us a listen here and there. We always talk about The Rock coming back too and to face Roman Reigns because I think it's kind of clear that this whole family buildup thing in, in our eyes is leading to Rock coming back and saying, hey, what have you been doing? This ain't the way to lead a family, blah, blah, blah. And we could see something there. Cleveland, do you think that um, now that he brought it up, we'll go to a little bit of Royal? Do you think Edge is a lock for the Royal Rumble, or can you see somebody else winning that? I'm gonna have to agree. Sadly, um, I agree that they the match between Edge and Randy Orton doesn't need the title belt. I hate when um, this kind of reminds me of a few years back, um, ten years ago actually, when we had the Rock and John Cena going on. The first match was for not the title. And then the next year, you know, they end CM Punk's long title range just to have I still think CM Punk's pissed off. Oh, of course. I mean, that was probably one of the many reasons he left. And I think that was a valid reason, too, because... Oh, yeah. You back in, He mentioned you're backing yourself in a corner with Edge because if Edge does beat Randy Orton, first of all, we need to get out of this part-time phase where these part-time wrestlers are winning titles. I think that is a... I know we... People complained all these years about Brock Lesnar, but I think it's the same for Edge. If Edge were to beat Randy Orton for this title and not get cashed in, all right, like, he's a part-time. We know Edge can't have a full schedule anymore. He's not the same Edge from 10 years ago. So I don't think they that match needs a title belt at all. So I don't think Randy – I don't think Edge needs to win the Royal Rumble to challenge Orton. I think he just needs to show up and challenge Orton for the title. Um, another great point was that The Fiend does not need the belt. I've mentioned that in the past before where Bray Wyatt character is so unique that you don't need a championship belt for him to stay relevant. 
And I think if you book a Randy Orton and a Fiend feud too early, especially when you know that Edge and Orton are going to face at WrestleMania, you're going to do nothing but bury the Fiend again. And I think, and it's... You mean you didn't like Goldberg's old ass beating him? Oh, don't even bring that up in front of me. Don't you bring that up. Don't you put that bad juju out there, Joey. Don't you do it. I'm not going to talk about it. Actually, Cleveland almost dropped his WWE subscription right after that shit show. So I did. I don't, and I don't blame you. Um, you know, Cleveland, you just brought up, and and another thing too, Goldberg. You know, why Chris Jericho, one of the top three reasons he was pissed off was both. They were supposed to fight at WrestleMania a few years ago. It was supposed to be Jericho and Kevin Owens. You you got Kevin Owens for Goldberg. Boom, one minute it's over. They've done this time in and time out in Cleveland. We've had enough, right? Oh, I'm so done with it. I <laughs> I know I don't want to talk too much about that, but um. God, you brought the Goldberg and the Fiend. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know what's going to happen, though, guys. You know Vince McMahon is going to screw this the fuck up somehow. Let's just call it. And we're back, and we're done talking about Goldberg. I made a big mistake on going down that road. Um, nobody wants to hear it, and neither do we, because Vince McMahon will bring it back when he pleases. But anyways, as we all enjoy usually Donuts with Cleve, today is going to be obviously Donuts with Cleveland and Aaron. Again, for the fans out there, I bring up two or three questions. They tell me on a one to five donut scale how they're feeling about the topic. And um, they give us, you know, background reasoning to why they uh, believe in the donut level they gave. Since we have a more, you know, he's Aaron's good with it is AEWWE. I wanted to start here and just make it simple. And I think I might have asked this question once in the past, but it was just Cleveland and I, so I want to bring it back to the table. In the next – I'm going to mix up a little bit. In the next five years, and Cleveland, I'll start with you, do you see any chance of AEW and WWE making some type of collaboration where you might see, in, let's say, an AEW invasion on WWE? Or do you just think, hey – AEW is doing this thing on their own. They they purposely want to stay away from the WWE side. Obviously, starting with Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho, guys that got screwed in WWE. I is this just a is this a dumb question? I mean, you're going one, or are you saying in the next five years you could see AEW and WWE maybe trying to work together a little bit? I would go with two. Only reason, only way I can see that happen is if Vince McMahon were to buy his competition again. And Shane McMahon were to walk out on AEW um, like he did 20 years ago for WCW. But other than that, realistically, I don't I don't see it. I feel um, there's a lot of wrestlers in AEW that still hold grudges against the WWE. Still, you know, they still badmouth any chance they get when they go talk on Jericho's podcast or any other podcast. And I don't know the owner of Tony Khan. Tony Khan, yeah, but he always seems like every time I read, he's throwing little jabs at WWE, so I don't really see them working together anytime in the near future. How many donuts, Aaron? I'm going to put a snowball's chance in hell on that one. That's going to be a big, <laughs> fat zero, my friend. Okay. Um, I, the, here's the slim possibility that they work together. There's a very slim one. Vince McMahon dies. Uh, hey, um, you're just being honest. Yes, and but that I hate saying it that way. It's it's a possibility, and maybe Triple H sees that things are better. And the only reason I say it's a slight possibility is because currently in the landscape of AEW, 
they're in a big kick of trying to work with different different companies and work together. They had Don Callis on, on uh, you know, the recent pay-per-view uh, doing commentary for Kenny Omega's match. Don Callis works for Impact. Okay, cool. Then on your buy-in show, you have a signed contracted, you know, AEW women, you know, women's competitor in Serena Deeb, who is the NWA women's champion. Okay, so she's competing with another wrestler in Allison, uh, you know, Kay, who's no longer signed by, uh, you know, uh, NWA working for AEW. Mm -hmm. They have working relationships with all these companies. And I think that's a big thing for them where they just want the industry as a whole to be together and work together because that's what it should be about. I think they would be more willing. Yes, there are certain wrestlers, like you guys said, that take jabs, but at the end of the day, I think it's, it would have to come more from the WWE side of things to work. And that's not happening until Vince croaks and they sell the company or triple H gets hit in the head with a chair and decides that he actually wants to try and make things work with everybody. And it's funny you bring that up about Vince McMahon because I've been saying that about Jerry Reinsdorf for the now the last six months. I don't want to get too much uh, over on the sports side, but uh, I, I don't know. Some of these guys are just past their time, I think. And it just Vince McMahon is so, so damn stubborn. And that's so I, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to go a one only because you never know what happens. And, you know, if AEW, you know, starts to get, I heard they're talking about adding a third hour. I heard, you know, AEW Dark might eventually get on a TV station somewhere. So you see the growth, even with Impact, you see a lot of stars like Gallows and Anderson are now the Impact uh, Tag Team Champions. You saw a lot of WWE stars that they're not just going to go away. They're going to find ways, whether it's uh, ROH, you know, the indie circuit, whatever. These guys aren't just going to stop wrestling. So companies have the chance to grow. And I kind of like that because Impact, you wouldn't catch me dead tuning into that after. Um, I was a big TNA guy for a while. And then I just feel like the company lost its touch. But I'm trying to watch yeah. a little more just to cover, you know, all the bases and stuff. So, you know, sometimes bad situations can make it better. Go ahead. You have something? I have one quote and it's infamous in wrestling. Never say never. Yeah. Hey, and never, uh, there's been so many bad things. We see. I mean, we've seen a lot of good too. I don't want to sit here and, you know, obviously Vince McMahon's done his great things too, but never say never is a definite true statement. And we'll see. I don't know. Um, probably not, but I just wanted to put that out there and we're going to move on to question number two. I almost hate bringing them up now because I don't know where they're going with the storyline, but I'm going to do it anyways. A year from now, Retribution will be the biggest faction in the business. <laughs> and hey, I, I don't ask these questions because I know which way the answers are going to go, but I have to get it out there because there's so much talk about Retribution and Cleveland, our heads have been spinning lately and I can just tell from Aaron's reaction, it's he's not a big fan either. Are they even a thing? I guess my question actually is this, Retribution will not be a faction in a year. I'm changing that question. Retribution will not be a faction in a year. How many donuts, Cleveland? I'll give it a four. I still think they're spitballing ideas of retribution. Um, I like Mustafa Ali, but at the same time, um, I mentioned this before in the past, he is not a main event level star. So I don't get the end game. What is the goal of retribution? They keep losing. They they, uh, the L's have been accumulating over the last few weeks. They can't get past the hurt business. So 
I don't – who can they beat, man? Um, I felt at first it was a cool thing to do, and then I think over the summer, WWE got really lazy with it. They introduced Ali, uh, Mustafa Ali, maybe to give it a little juice, but then they, you know, they start losing matches, so. And now they're even talking about Ricochet, maybe even, which I, I don't know. I feel like now it's just going to start just adding people just to add people, just to keep them relevant. And, yeah, I don't see it being around no longer than six more months. Aaron, I'll head it to you. I saw your reaction. I think I know where you're going here. I give it a, a big old five on them not existing <laughs> in a year. But I just came up with this in my head here, and this is why I love wrestling, because there's so many things you can do, right? right. So there's a couple other friends that I talk to, uh, and, and I will say you know, there's another uh, group that I talk to that they have a podcast as well. But they were ones that were high on um, Wade Barrett being involved. Wade, oh, Barrett is now, Wade Barrett is now a commentator for NXT. Mm-hmm. That's a cle- like the, If you want to talk about a main event player to take over this faction, there you go. I think they can have they have a saving grace in their back pocket. Their first win was with Ali beating Ricochet this week, I think. Yeah, it was. You want to know where their saving grace is, guys? Triple H. Have them and excuse my French, have them screw up Survivor Series. I mean, absolutely uh... just take the show down. Have oh. them come out versus the Raw and SmackDown match. And just demolish everybody, everybody, and be, you know, I, I don't know, have Ali drag a referee out there, or, or have them drag Pierce out there, and be like, all right, Retribution's now involved. Have them win. That's a way to flip this stable over real quick and say, all right, they mean something. Because as of right now, they're they're a joke. None of it makes sense. I, and the reason I and I'm sorry for laughing like that, but no, no, go this ahead. It's is fair. Wor- this is worse than or the you know Nexus like. They mean nothing. You tell me, oh, they, they want to fight the system. All right, they got drafted to Raw. What? Why are they being drafted? Why are they only sticking to Raw? Like, wh- that happened even before the draft. Like, it makes no sense to me how any of this works. And I, and I could be wrong. They could, they've made, you know, uh, you know, they made a, a diamond out of a turd before. But, <laughs> you know, I, as of right now, though, this is literally – there's it's going to be so hard for them to flip it because none of it makes sense. Like I said, they're drafted, they get contracts, they want to fight the system, but we're going to take contracts to stick it to the man. How does that make sense? Oh, we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to do what we want when we want. Okay. You can't even win a match. Like, what am I supposed to believe out of you guys? Like none of it makes sense. I, I don't know. I, and, it, it drives me up a wall with that because it could have been something cool. Yes, and at first, I was, as Cleveland knows, I was a huge, like, it's kind of funny you brought up Nexus Wade Bear. I'm like, finally, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to maybe see a faction. Like, I thought it was cool the first couple of times they destroyed the place. Um, you know, they, they chainsawed the ring. They had the screens go black. They do all their things. But it's the another draft mistake though like you said why the hell are they being drafted these are supposed to be outsiders that come in who don't want to represent the wwe yet raw is going to draft into their station and that means you're not even going to ever really they have a (laughs) t-shirt yeah hey that's that's (laughs) fair you know that vince mcmahon those pennies man he'll do something to get it on there but it's like i'm disappointed right now and 
like you said, I think that could flip it on its head. And my only other saving grace, I said it time and time again, is, hey, now that you brought that up, I'm just spinning this off the top of my head. Maybe, you know, Triple H makes an appearance and say, hey, Vince, you screwed us. NXT won last year. We're not at Survivor Series. We're ripping this whole thing down. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I kind of like where your head's headed uh, is going into that direction. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting to the last few minutes of our show. It's been a great time talking about a little bit about the past and, you know, um, all the great stuff we're doing in the AEW and WWE. I do want to bring up, I hope this is okay. I'm bringing up an old name, so I don't want to give anyone a heart attack. I want to bring up The Undertaker. At Survivor Series, he's getting a special moment. And the last Donuts Will Cleave question will be this, because we all know the dead man never stays six feet under. He always finds a way to make an appearance. Do you think this is setting up a last match at a WrestleMania where somebody's going to ruin his, you know, ceremony and he's going to actually have one last match? Because if we can all recall, he had the cinematic match versus AJ Styles is phenomenally done. But it wasn't in the ring, and I know he said he's done, but I'm just sniffing something. I, I see something coming here. Cleveland, so the Donuts with Cleve one-to-five scale question is this. Undertaker will start his feud with his last match at Survivor Series. I give that a four. I've been reading that um, Undertaker recently made that up. He talked about how much he liked Bray Wyatt, the Fiend character. We've seen the Fiend um, – We've been hearing rumors about The Fiend linked to The Undertaker. So I think if there was one person I would say the last person to feud would be The Fiend. And I think it will be perfect at WrestleMania if The Fiend were to go over. It would not only give The Fiend – well, first of all, it would be a big win. It's The Undertaker at WrestleMania. So that's that's a big notch on your belt. And I think with the how their characters are like somewhat similar, you know, a little dark and mysterious – the Undertaker passes the torch to the Fiend to be that next guy, the next mysterious figure in the WWE I'm trying to go at right there. So I do think that if there was a person, it will be the Fiend. And I don't think it will be an actual wrestling match because I think the Undertaker knows that he doesn't have it in him anymore to go 10, 20 minutes in the middle of the ring. So you could probably see a cinema match in the uh, the fire the firehouse actually between the fiend and the undertaker, hopefully. And the one thing I agree with you on, I do think uh, before we get Aaron's thought and wrap it up here, I do think it is going to happen. I do think it will be the fiend where we disagree. I think he, the reason he's coming back is even though the cinematic match uh, did really well in a lot of people's eyes, I do think he wants that final match in the ring where he could go off, you know, with a fist pump feeling good about it. Uh, Aaron, I'm not even going to make you really rate this on a one to five. I'm just saying you think we're crazy for thinking this or what's your thought on it? Uh, I got two different schools of thought and I'll make that quick. Respectfully for what he's done for the industry and the company. I, I hope he stays away. I hope this is it. I hope we don't have another one in us because he can't, he can't pull off a real wrestling match right? Uh, unless father time just proceeds to continue to just pass him by and just say, you know what, we don't, we're not going to bother you. Uh, but in my heart, um, I would love to see it be the fiend. I did not mention this, but if there's one person that I love in WWE, it is Bray Wyatt. It is the fiend. Yes. Um, and dialing it back. I can't remember off the top of my head what year it was. I think it was about, oh man, what year was it? Maybe 15. 
when the Undertaker and Kane teamed up against the Wyatt family. Yep, yep. I think uh, at, we're, Survi- we're close. at Survivor Series. So what better time to have Bray Wyatt come out and continue his revenge tour? Um, have him come out. Kane's supposed to be there as well. So Really? I did not know that. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, so you have him come out. Bray Wyatt destroys both of them. Leads to a cinematic match. I would hope. I, I would prefer that. Um, let under let you know Bray Wyatt be the one to put the Undertaker away. He gets two revenge like he gets two revenge stories. He comes out, destroys the man that was built, you know, through WrestleMania and Survivor Series, puts him down at this show, and then truly puts him six feet under at WrestleMania. And I think that would do wonders for Bray Wyatt, and it would erase a lot of the wrongs that he's had throughout his time in WWE. And you know that's a. Uh, that's why we have Aaron on today. You know, he brings up a great point talking about past Survivor Series, connecting all the dots here, just a very uh, intelligent mind of the business. But I do agree fully that, man, after how many times Bray Wyatt's been screwed in his career, to have him, like you said, honestly, maybe make it a – I know we want to keep it cinematic. Either way, you could have a casket. Just bury the dead man at it. And yeah. that's just – and you just have – then Bray Wyatt, to me, you could have him fully take over at that point. They've been kind of, you know, sh- sh- ever since he lost the title, they're kind of fitting him in spots. I think he really does need to be the Roman Reigns of Raw sooner than later and just get the whole show um, as he kind of does with or without a belt. Like you like you mentioned, Cleveland mentioned, he doesn't need the belt. But um, we all think – we all know it's coming, and I did not know Kane's going to be there. So we definitely are going to see something that happens on that note. But as I mentioned uh, to the fans out there, we're running down to our last minute or two. Um, we always talk really quick, you know, about the NFL a little bit. I know Cleveland's Cowboys are on a bye week, much needed. My coach just came off a win. Um, anything football news related? What, what game are you looking at? Without the Bears on TV today, you know, being a Chicago guy, Aaron, what game are you looking at? Well, real quick before I mention the NFL, we actually had a question that came across on that Twitter. Um, really? I think a guy by the name of a Juice on Tap asked about oh. how much love do I have for John Cena? I'll answer that real quick. In ring wise, not really that much. Uh, I respect him, but outside of it, the dude's done a lot of good things. Great in movies, very shocking in that realm. So I got maybe a five scale on the love. He's it's in the middle of one to ten there for for my John Cena love. I respect him. I'm just not huge on my wish. He would have had his heel turn moment, um, but I'd, I divulge back into the NFL. The games I'm looking forward to the most today. I'm really looking forward to the rookie matchup in Tua and Justin Herbert uh, yep. with the uh, chargers versus the uh, dolphins today. Um, I'm also looking forward to the bills Cardinals. Um, I don't think there's really any noon games I'm looking forward to, but not much, you know, not much there. No, um, but in the way of football, I'll look forward to everything because I'm 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 a betting man, so I'm gonna hope some uh, I'm gonna hope some money on some stuff today. So, and really quickly before I bring in Cleveland's last thought, um, I'm a I'm a I'm with the eight year olds with John Cena. I'm a, I'm a, just was him for Halloween. I got all his shirts. I love the guy to death. I I I hated seeing him. You know, I give him credit. He put uh, Bray Wyatt a little bit over last year with the cinematic match, but uh, I've always loved Cena and. You know, he's still in his shape, but uh, I don't know how much we'll be seeing of him, and it's a shame for me because uh, 
that's where I really got into the 2002 to 2006 era is really where my uh, interest really peaked. Cleveland, your Cowboys are on a bye week, so I'm going to ask the same question to you. Are you looking forward to any games on the schedule day? I know right, really quick I'm looking forward to the matchup in Arizona with uh, Buffalo going in there. I, that could be a crazy 50 to 45 game for all we know. But anything you have interest in today, Cleveland, NFL-wise? Uh, it's not that many. Um, I'm guessing the Seahawks playing the Rams tonight. Um, Russell has had a rough few weeks, actually, and I kind of had Russell as my MVP this season. So I kind of need Russ to have a bounce back. Uh, I'm sort of looking at the schedule right now. The Bengals play the Steelers. That's, I mean, Steelers are on fire right now. Should have lost last week, but, you know, we're not going to get too deep into that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, and you you know what, though? Um, As you say, you're looking at the schedule. The Patriots got any chance tonight at beating Baltimore? Oh, no, no chance. Um, I don't – I don't even know who this New England team is anymore. Uh, Tom Brady leaves. Uh, we thought Cam Newton was looking good at the beginning of the season. He fumbles the ball that for the game. Um, this should be a runaway game for the Ravens. The one game I am interested in, I know we talked about it a little bit before we went on the air, is <laughs> it's the Eagles and Giants game. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you in the NFC East. Get them off my national TV screens all the damn time, please. I love it if um, – Big uh, Myra Chapman, if you're listening, this is the only time I will ever root for the Giants. I need the Giants to win. <laughs> at least the Cowboys have a chance of sneaking and winning this division. Because as bad as it seems, we still have a chance to go to playoffs this season. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Aaron, Bears win tomorrow? Oh, come on, it's the Vikings. What, what else am I going to say? <laughs> we, for the last two years, as much as I hate this team in the current state that we are, uh, you know, it's hard not to say they pull this one off. It will be a tough matchup without David Montgomery back there. Uh, you're not, you know, you got the new play caller and Bill Lazor this week. Right. You know, it's just we have Kirk Cousins' number. That's the, that's yep. the thing. So I say yes. I am betting yes. But I would not be shocked to see them lose. And it, uh, go, go ahead, ahead, Cleveland. I was going to say, don't forget about Dalvin Cook. He's been on that. Uh, I, I could care less about that. I don't care about Oh, no, wow. I, do, doesn't scare me one bit. That's oh. fine. Dalvin Cook, it's like what you say in basketball. You, you let the good players get what they're going to get. That's you true. stop everything else. I'm, that's fine. Let Dalvin go off for 100 I yards. I like that touchdown. point, though. You know, the, the, this game, it doesn't matter. As long as the Bears can just stay on top of it, I guarantee you're going to see a, you know, the defensive touchdown along the road for the Bears. Kirk Cousins loves to do that against this team, especially yeah. on Monday night. Probably going to see an Eddie Jackson, you know, uh, serenading the uh, choir type moment with, you know, playing the music in the end zone. But yeah, I, I'm not scared of, I mean, I'm scared of Delvin Cook, obviously with how good he's been, but that's not going to be, that's not going to be the breaker. You make Kirk Cousins do it. And uh, as we know, he doesn't do it often. I mean, we could all argue that with the contract he got, but I think the bears win tomorrow. I think it's going to be a close game, but I do have the bears. Like he said, I see a defensive touchdown. I see a couple of things happening, but on that note, man, what a blast today. I was happy to have Aaron on just to talk wrestling. Um, I hope that, Hey, in the future we plan on bringing, you know, we do a round of guests and we loop back around. So around WrestleMania time, if you wanted to hop back on, we'd love to have you. Um, and also, you know what, next time he comes on too, now I, that I know a little bit more about our man, Aaron, 
Um, we're going to talk more AEW this long next time too, because I think uh, I didn't hit that as much as I wanted to today. We just had so much to talk about. But on that note, episode 11 is in the books. I appreciate you guys. Go enjoy your Sunday afternoons with whether you're watching football, following your fantasy team, or hell. Well, actually, no, I don't think anybody's going to be outside too much. Nope. But uh, enjoy your day, fellas. I love this episode, and we'll see you again, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Yep. And uh, Cleveland, any last thought? No, this is a great episode. Nice meeting you, Aaron. Uh, like Joe said, hopefully get you more on the show later. And uh, had fun today, and everybody have a good Sunday. And like I always say on that note, God bless, and everyone have a great Sunday.